This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. A lot of digital out-of-home media is marketed mainly on the basis of reach, essentially the scale of the aggregated network and the audience reach that's realized. It's more about math than science. But the UK out-of-home media company Ocean Outdoor is very much interested in the science of advertising. And over the last decade, Ocean has commissioned a series of studies that measure brain activity and how people respond to the visuals of advertising and other mediums like social media. While a lot of audience measurement is about counting people and characterizing behaviors, Ocean has commissioned five studies that take participants into a lab, putting something like an electrode cap on their heads and measuring how they respond to campaign visuals. The newest study, called Digital Out of Home, The Vital Ingredient, looks at how Digital Out of Home optimizes the use of social media. The research found that using socially amplified Digital Out of Home changes how brands are perceived and the value of their role in the media landscape. I got a rundown on the background and the findings of this research from Steve Bernard, the head of Insight for Ocean. Steve, thank you for joining me. Uh, For those people who don't live in the UK and maybe aren't in the media business, can you explain what Ocean Outdoor does, its footprint, that sort of thing? Sure, of course. So Ocean started its life um, about 15 years ago, and we exist in the UK out-of-home media industry so what that means is that we are selling um, premium digital screens uh, uh, to a range of advertisers across the UK and as I said the business started uh, back in 2008 with just a handful of sites but in the period between then and now we've grown our portfolio of sites significantly We now have, um, I think it's well over 600 locations in total. And that's largely digital out-of-home screens. Um, So so some of those are static digital screens, Mm -hmm. uh, which show static imagery on them. Uh, Some of them are um, moving images. So we have the ability to display moving images to the public. And whilst many of those screens exist, on what we call roadside locations, so typically um, to the side of uh, roadways uh, and also on um, pedestrian pavements, uh, that kind of thing, sidewalks. Um, we also have a number of screens in uh, within internal environments, so shopping malls is, um, is one of our, our big sort of environments that we exist in. And What marks Ocean out as different from its competitors is that it's very much focusing on selling to advertisers that premium um, network of digital out-of-home screens. 
And indeed, the environments in which those screens are located, so those shopping malls I referred to a moment ago, are often the uh, most premium environments that exist in um, in the UK. So, for example, we have a contract with Westfield, which is uh, one of the largest uh, shopping mall brands um, globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have um, a significant footprint in London. So we have the advertising space on the external side of Westfield's, uh, Westfield's um, locations. Uh, two locations in London, uh, one in Stratford and one in um, White City. And um, we also have screens in the Edinburgh St. James Mall, which is a premium uh, shopping uh, mall in Edinburgh, uh, St. James's Quarter. And we also have um, a footprint at Canary Wharf Mall. So Canary Wharf, um, for those who don't know, Mm -hmm. is um, quite a key business environment within London, typically financial district, uh, typically financial businesses um, exist in uh, Canary Wharf. And so by having our advertising screens in a location like that, we know we're reaching a a very high-end premium audience. Um, And very quickly, we have just... um, started kind of putting screens in Battersea Power Station, uh, which is, again, another new premium mm. shopping environment in uh, in the heart of London. So, so yeah, what marks us out is different is our premium inventory, and it's it's very much about digital out-of-home screens. Um, okay. So we're, we're talking because, primarily because you, you've, you've, your company has put out neuroscience research, and I'm I'm guessing, at least, that uh, the one of the re- reasons you're investing in that level of research is because you do have premium properties and you're selling your advertising at a premium. So there's probably a higher demand for uh, proof of impact and proof of audience and all those things. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, yes, very much so. We always need to identify different methods to measure the effectiveness of um, premium digital out-of-home. One of the things about the out-of-home universe, if I call it that, is um, it's it's fairly varied in terms of the formats, in terms of the size, in terms of whether they're digitized or whether they're static posters. Uh, there's a variation in environments as well. And so we know that um, not all out-of-home sites are the same in terms of the kind of impact that they deliver. And because we specialize in the um, at the premium end of the out-of-home universe, uh, yeah, we need we need a methodology which um, not just marks us out as different from our competitors who use more um, conventional, uh, if I can call it that, research methods, but um, but also something that is going to truly measure the impact of that premium out-of-home space. Mm-hmm. So with neuroscience research, what's, what are you doing? And I, I, I realize that you're not doing it. You're commissioning a, a, a third-party company, NeuroInsight, to do that work. So what's involved? So ultimately, what we're trying to elicit is how people um, are thinking and feeling about a stimulus uh, that's presented in front of them. And to move that into the out-of-home context, what we're fundamentally trying to show is that um, by running premium digital out-of-home prior to um, 
other media channels for any given brand or any given campaign, that that primary effect, that first impact, um, is going to have a profound um, outcome in terms of how the audience um, discern those other media channels. And we call that the priming effect. And during the course of the neuroscience studies that Ocean have run um, over the last decade or so, it's always been about trying to elicit that priming effect of um, premium digital out of home um, on uh, other out of home um, formats, for example, which was Neuroscience One, or on other media channels completely, like television or um, or mobile uh, campaigns. Um, that's ultimately what we're trying to trying to show that that by leading with premium digital out of home. A brand is able to um, ensure that how people take away the message on the other channels that they run is fundamentally different to if uh, compared to if they weren't running um, that premium digital app phone beforehand. So what happens? Uh, you, you're not taking uh, people who are participating in the research out on the street or anything like that. This is this is in a lab or something, and they're you're putting a brain or a skull cap on of some kind. Correct. Uh, yeah, correct. So um, uh, these studies are largely done in um, laboratory settings, uh, controlled settings. Um, and yes, as, as you as you've kind of describing there, the uh, participants are, um, are are given these or are made to wear these kind of headsets, um, which is able to measure um, the various cognitive functions that are sort of coming to the fore. As I say, when when that participant is exposed to um, particular stimuluses or stimuli, um, be that digital out of home advertising or, or a brand in situ on digital out of home advertising, or um, seeing a brand in another context entirely, so a TV advert or um, or, uh, uh, or or other out of home campaigns, or indeed social media campaigns, which we'll I'm sure come on to in a moment. So what did you learn? Did it validate assumptions or did, did it surprise uh, or d- has the research surprised you guys? Well, I think we've always had this, um, had this view that the, the effect of premium digital out of home and, and, and not just kind of say pre, premium digital out of home, but also iconic out of home. You know, one of the sites we, we also have in the UK is... Um, Piccadilly Lights. So that's at London's Piccadilly Circus. It's uh, it's sort of like a mini version of Times Square in New York. Uh, if you can imagine Times Square in New York, Piccadilly Circus is a is a is a sort of a version of that. And so um, we've always had this sort of expectation and this view that those kind of sites um, are clearly eliciting different emotional outcomes. Uh, for brands advertising on those platforms versus other more conventional formats in out of home. I said earlier, it's a very varied sort of universe. Um, but clearly, the the way in which someone uh, consumes a message message displayed on Piccadilly Lights, for example, or any of these other premium digital out of home sites that I'm referring to, is going to be different to how they uh, consume that message on um, a bus shelter. 
uh, poster, for example, uh, or a more conventional um, roadside billboard. So we've always, as I said, had that expectation of difference. So it's validating um, the uh, of what we're saying. The research is validating what we're saying. Um, but I think in respect of the latest neuroscience study that, we're, uh, that we've just launched in the UK uh, and in some of our other European territories in which Ocean is based, um, we're able to uh, show actually quite an interesting relationship between digital out-of-home and social media and a relationship which I think for advertisers has... Um, yet to be fully realized and hopefully with this study we are drawing attention to um, the closer sort of um, relationship that these two platforms have digital out of home on one hand and social media on the other uh, and as a result getting advertisers and their and their agencies to um, think more about how they plan these two media channels together can you give me an example of how they how the two mediums kind of intertwine and how digital at home primes the social media channel or social media interests or. <laughs> sure. No, 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 absolutely. So, so where, uh, so, so to set the context a bit on this, typically within the advertising industry, uh, you can put different media channels. So traditional media channels like television or radio, uh, newspapers, magazines, and out of home and, newer media channels such as uh, uh, mobile advertising or indeed social media, you know, you can plot those on a sort of axis. And you can look at that axis based on um, how strong those channels are at delivering what's called performance. So highly measurable, highly targeted uh, on one side and, um, and the sort of more intangible effects. So branding effects, brand equity, uh, awareness, fame, consideration on the other end of that spectrum. So you have you have performance on one side and um, branding on the other. And you would typically see social media at one end of that spectrum on the performance side and um, digital out of home and out of home are widely on the branding side of, uh, of, of that spectrum. So, because the view has always been that they do very different jobs. You know, one is highly measurable, highly targeted, and the other is uh, about about uh, reaching huge numbers mm-hmm. of people uh, in in a public space. Uh, so, one to many versus one to one. What we have noticed over the last certainly two years, it's probably probably been going on for longer, but certainly over the last couple of years, is um, more and more examples of. Famous people, if I could put it that way, celebrities, um, influencers uh, on social media, etc., promoting out-of-home content on their social media channels. So you will typically see examples of uh, famous actors or pop stars or, or, or musicians generally tweeting or uh, Instagramming a picture of themselves on a, on a on a out-of-home canvas. So that could be a banner site or or it could be a digital out-of-home screen, Um, but very much promoting themselves uh, uh, on that that platform. And we would contend that they wouldn't necessarily do the same thing if they saw themselves on a a magazine page Mm. or even in a television advert because because a television advert is overtly uh, overtly a marketing function. Um, whereas the um, 
the interesting thing, the unique thing about the uh, about digital out of home and out of home more widely, is that it's a, it's public furniture, I guess you could say. It's it's uh, it's it's a public uh, message uh, in a very public space, and so I think that's why there's this there's this relationship between um, well-known public figures and communications in the public space, and that that's the out of home space. So that was happening over the last couple of years. And we really wanted to kind of explore that more deeply mm-hmm. on the other end of that is that more and more advertisers themselves <clears throat> are promoting their content their out of home content i should say their their brand in situ on a digital out of home screen on their social channels and we've seen examples uh from amazon and uh, uh meta and a range of, of of other advertisers who are um who are who are increasingly looking at these kind of really exciting executions that they can deliver on the digital out of home space, um, and rather than sharing on their social feeds on their Twitter or Instagram a, a conventional advertising message, they will uh, utilize that out of home content within the social media space. So uh, so you'll get Amazon Prime Video when they're when they're um, advertising a certain program, they will have performed an execution on an iconic site or a premium digital out-of-home site, and then they will tweet or Instagram the out-of-home campaign on their social channel. And that's really, really interesting because because that that represents a significant step change for our our industry. It's not necessarily just about reaching all of these people who walk past our sites on the ground every week, every month, etc., but the opportunity for that advertising to be seen uh, much more widely by people who have not encountered the um, the advertising on the ground, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and that leads to all kinds of interesting questions about well, what is the true reach of an out of home campaign? And like I say, that's very unique to um, to our industry, given its. Um, uh, the greater level of creativity that's at our disposal now, given uh, the greater proliferation of high-impact digital out-of-home sites and uh, given the proliferation of um, a greater level of technology, which enables us to bring these campaigns to life in, in new and exciting ways. There's a really, there's a lot going on there. And so, and so wrapping all of that together, because of this idea, this concept of sharing the out-of-home campaign on the social media channel. Fundamentally, there is a there is a strong relationship between um, the two. And again, this is something that we've wanted to explore uh, for some time, and we felt that neuroscience, given that it elicits precisely how people think and feel about something that they're exposed to versus another sort of... Um, research technique like a survey or a focus group we felt that neuroscience is the perfect way in which to uh, measure the um, impact of uh, of this type of concept that i'm describing there's also this interesting phenomena that's bubbled up in the past couple of years where you have uh, brands commissioning motion graphic designers to create a digital out of home ad uh, usually some sort of anamorphic illusion of some kind on a building where there isn't actually a billboard, but they, they design it in such a way that it makes you think that there is a billboard there. And those seem to get one hell of a lot of social media shares, even though they're not actually physically booking a digital out of homes campaign. 
Yeah, that that's absolutely true. And I, and, I, and again, I think it's this idea that we, as an industry in the in the out of home space, uh, we have um, a unique opportunity to capture the imagination of the audiences that encounter the uh, various creative executions that we deliver. And it's no surprise that when you um, when you look at uh, how um, welcomed and trusted uh, different media channels are, out of home quite often appears at the top of those kind of lists of you know when they're ranking uh, different media channels such as uh, TV and radio and online etc. Out of home does really well in terms of uh, being more welcomed and uh, and being more trusted versus other media channels, and I think that's because uh, we have. Like I say, just a really strong opportunity to capture the imagination of people as they're going about their daily daily business in a in an unobtrusive way. Mm-hmm. It's also the idea that you know, out, out of home generally is one of the most venerable media channels in existence. You know, there, there were people putting up um, uh, sort of painted billboards and painted communication on buildings a long, long time ago, and mm-hmm. um, and that that venerability. Is uh is sort of everlasting. People will always want to um, uh, see things in the public space. That seeing them in the public space gives an inherent notion of trust. In a way, we would argue that isn't necessarily the case with one-to-one communications, and certainly not online communication, desktop ads, etc. We know that brands who are appearing in the public space uh, are trusted. Because they're in the public space, because they have, uh, because it's seen as um, public medium, uh, so uh, so yeah, we we have a lot of opportunities um, to uh, to as I say capture the imagination in welcome and unobtrusive ways, and um, and like I say, you know, there's now an opportunity to uh, to take all of the benefits of using out of home in um, in the physical space moving those benefits into the online space. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect, a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. It was the rationale and the, the, the budgetary argument for doing this kind of research different a decade ago than it would be now i i assume that a decade ago uh digital out of home media companies had to work a lot harder to sell the medium itself it was still a degree of skepticism and a lot of it was just being sold on gross audience impressions and not a hell of a lot else versus today where there is all this level of sophistication well, I think I think that's that's an evolving um, that's an evolving story. I mean, fundamentally, the medium is uh, is still traded very heavily on um, uh, 
reach, how many people are any given campaign reaches and uh, uh, the frequency of encounters and ultimately the number of impacts or impressions that a campaign has delivered. And, that, and that's chiefly how, it, how it's valued, really. I think what, where, one of the great things about, about this study and where, or, or any series of studies uh, that Ocean have done with NeuroInsight over the last decade is that with each of these studies, we are communicating to the wider industry the value of neuroscience, mm-hmm. uh, which has a very unique value. Now, now the company we work with on these, NeuroInsight, they, uh, they're a global neuroscience business but they um they started their life in australia and it's very interesting that in australia because uh, this is not the case in the uk in australia they um they include they incorporate uh, what they call a neuro impact factor into uh their audience currency uh, so the way in which they value out of home medium in australia factors in these type of techniques so it's not just a case of looking at reach and frequency and impact. So mm-hmm. there, 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 there is in, in, implicitly uh, this role of neuroscience coming to the fore in the data that you see for different out-of-home formats and environments over there. And this is something that here in the UK um, we are we're yet to do with our own out-of-home audience currency, which is called Root. And uh, but the long-term ambition would be for this type of um, uh, uh, methodology, this kind of uh, study, to at some point be incorporated into the uh, into the out of home currency, because as I say, the out of home currency is very robust in that there's an awful lot of um, heft that goes into its methodology, an awful lot of inputs, data inputs from a variety of sources. But like I said earlier, there is um, clearly a different role played by sites such as the Piccadilly Lights or premium digital out-of-home formats generally versus uh, more conventional out-of-home formats, which are traded really on reach. You know, there's a fundamental difference in the in these different parts of the industry. You know, you uh, an advertiser would be able to buy a 1,000 bus shelter posters, for example, or, or, or 2,000 billboards on the side of the on the side of the side of roads up and down the uk mm. and the value of that is in the reach you know in reaching literally millions of people uh, in any given period of time where um this kind of study differs and focuses on is the unique sort of relationship that a, a, a relatively small number but high impact sites have with an audience and these uh these kind of sites these unique sites um they enjoy strong reach, but really their difference with uh, more conventional uh, standard outfit formats is that there are relatively few of them. And therefore the impact, the impact, if I can use quotations of how it's making an audience think and feel is, uh, is very unique compared to more conventional outfit formats, which are traded purely on reach. They're not differentiated from each other at all. Um, so a, a bus shelter is a bus shelter, the same mm-hmm. in London as it is in Manchester or Birmingham or, or et, et cetera. So um, this is very much about showing the value of um, of these more unique sites, more premium unique sites. Do, do you have to invest the time with media planners and with brands to kind of explain this methodology and what's coming out of it or or do they inherently understand it 
no, uh, it's very much the former. We we spend a lot of time explaining how we put these studies together. They're complex studies. There's lots of different elements uh, within them. Uh, neuroscience here in the UK, it, it, it's growing. It's a, it's a developing sort of uh, research study, one that we've pioneered at Ocean Outdoor within the out-of-home context. But um, whilst we do have to spend a lot of time explaining the methodology, there is always a great deal of interest when we go out to present this at agencies or out-of-home buying uh, specialists, etc., or when we go to clients direct here in the UK, because it's quite a unique method, uh, uh, because it doesn't have, at this point, a, a more widespread adoption, I guess you'd say. And um, so that means its uniqueness means there is a, an awful lot of interest to hear what we have to say. But it is always um, an interesting experience kind of communicating uh, the different elements of the methodology of neuroscience. Um, I mean, with the social media study, so Neuroscience 5, which is our uh, us, the vital ingredient, as we've called it, um, us looking at the primary role of digital outphone on social media channels, you know, there, there are an awful lot of, uh, of moving parts to this. Um, so uh, all, that always relies on, that always requires a lot of um, expectation. Fundamentally, there are, what we're measuring, the outputs are, um, cognitive functions, as I've, as I've mentioned earlier. And these cognitive functions are uh, a mixture of engagement and approach towards a brand, memory, emotion, attention, etc. And it's these kind of outputs that we, uh, that we show uplifts for when we're, when we're presenting results. But again, it requires constant explanation because these are not... Um, uh, elements, I guess you could describe them as, which are talked about a lot in research. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the time when we're when we're uh, communicating out of home research, it's very much in looking at the effects of a campaign on brand awareness, right, or uh, brand consideration, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, and and I think those kind of terms are <laughs> obviously much more widely understood. Um, you know, on the part of the advertising industry, of course. But uh, these kind of outputs, like I say, you know, cognitive functions, attention, approach, engagement, etc., are uh, they they do require a lot more exp- uh, explanation. Is it a differentiator? So, in, in other words, uh, would would you have a circumstance where uh, a media company, not Ocean, but an, a competitor, Decor, whoever is in, seeing uh, planners and would they actually say, okay, where's your neuro research or what does your neuro research say? And they would say, well, we don't have any. So neuroscience study within the out of home context in the UK is, is still, um, relatively rare. Uh, it's, uh, it's something, of course, as I, as I said, ocean have pioneered because it's, mm-hmm. it's particularly about measuring sites, which fundamentally it's harder for the out of home currency to measure so 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 the value of neuroscience to us at ocean is is because um we need unique methods to measure the effectiveness of what we would call unique properties our competitors um would be less likely um to uh involve themselves in this type of study 
purely because our competitors here in the UK, because they have a much wider uh, portfolio in terms of volume. So so in some cases, uh, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of different out-of-home formats. They're selling their uh, scale. They are absolutely spot on. They are selling selling reach, fundamentally. They're selling size. Mm -hmm. And they're selling the idea that that by reaching so many people uh, in any given period of time has an inherent value, which, of course, it does. But as I say, um, neuroscience is is a, is a is a complex methodology, but one which is particularly useful when uh, measuring unique properties. And Ocean Outdoor, of any outdoor media owner here in the UK, has the most uh, unique properties, high impact, famous, uh, premium locations, which uh, which makes this the perfect sort of methodology to use to uh, measure their effectiveness. Is there, you've done five of these studies now over the pace of uh, 10 years. Is there a kind of a cadence to it? Like, are you doing one every two years or are you done now? That's a really interesting question. I, I mean, each of the neuroscience studies has, has focused on um, the primary effect of digital out of home on, uh, on, on, on another type of advertising format. You know, from neuroscience one, which looked at the primary role of premium digital out of home on wider out-of-home campaigns and neuroscience too looked at television and uh and we've over the years looked at things like mobile at the effects of priming digital out-of-home on mobile um it's i i think it's hard to say it's it, there's there's been one every as you say every kind of two or three years when, when the time is right and we felt that with uh, uh this study which which began its life last year we felt that because uh, social media channels were um, playing a much more or a much increased role, significant role within the advertising industry generally, and not just in the UK, obviously, but but globally, we felt that there was um, uh, a particular value in looking at the relationship between our own medium and, uh, and these platforms. Where do we take this next? That's a really interesting question. I think this study has already... Um, garnered a huge amount of interest uh, here in the UK amongst agencies and clients. Uh, it's also um, something we have communicated to uh, our other ocean outdoor locations. We have offices in uh, Sweden and the Netherlands and, and across Scandinavia more, more widely. And there's an awful lot of interest there. Uh, my colleagues and I have been um, presenting this study at events in, uh, in Europe. And so because of the level of interest that this has generated, uh, again, not just here, but, but internationally, I think there will be a lot of ideas which, which come from this, focusing on areas that we want to explore further, uh, uh, things that we perhaps weren't able to pick up necessarily in the study that we launched last year, but, um, but looking at uh, uh, more um, specific elements within them. So... It's hard to say exactly where we'll take mm-hmm. this next, but uh, but I think there will be a lot of ideas uh, being discussed with us uh, as we as we take this more uh, uh, more widely. For for people, just last question for people who uh, have been listening to this and thinking, well, this sounds interesting. I'd, I'd I'd love to see the data or see the findings or whatever. Is that accessible, or is that something that you share with your customers? 
So it's something that at the first hand, we will always share with our customers first. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to have um, quite in-depth discussions with them about their media planning generally. So, uh, so that's the first aim. We always um, uh, ensure that the findings are displayed on the Ocean Outdoor website. So if you go on the Ocean Outdoor website now, you will see the, um, the findings from the previous four studies. Um, and so, and so they're, they're readily accessible. And this study, of course, in due course, will be um, uh, communicated on the website. It's something that we're sharing a lot on our social media channels, uh, as, you, as you might imagine, on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and um, Twitter, etc. So versions of this will be accessible. Uh, we're, of course, always happy to talk to people face-to-face or, um, mm-hmm. or on, a, on an online forum uh, about the study in more detail. In terms of the data itself, it's worth saying, you know, we've we've had we've had really we've we've found some really really interesting things in this study. Like I say, these are these are two platforms, digital at home and social media, which which in the in the perception of advertising planners exist in different uh, uh, sides of the kind of advertising spectrum. But I think we've proved with this study that uh, that there is a priming effect, a significant priming effect of uh, digital from digital out of home uh, on what uh, advertisers are doing already on social media. Uh, for example, we've seen um, significant effects on dwell time. So that's the time people spend with uh, an advertiser's brand post. Uh, that increased by 32% uh, when the campaigns were primed by digital out of home. Where we've seen a really, uh, really interesting finding is what happens when the um, digital out of home content itself becomes the social media post. So rather than an advertiser doing a, a conventional brand post, uh, they can display the out of home uh, campaign on their social channels. We saw, again, a 54% increase in dwell time. So again, that's time spent with that social communication. Uh, because of the primary effects of that socially amplified content. We've seen increases uh, in emotional intensity uh, and we've seen increases in uh, a specific cognitive function called approach, which is ultimately uh, or essentially people becoming um, more positive towards a brand when they when they see the campaign uh, begin on digital out of home and then on social media. So what we're saying really is that digital out of home is... Uh, Making campaigns online more approachable, making the brands more approachable, they're, they're pressing the emotional buttons, which, um, uh, you know, emotion is key in, in uh, turning attention into long-term memory. Uh, we're enabling more time to be spent with the social media communication. That's, that's a key role of the priming effect. And most fundamentally, uh, I'll make this point uh, uh, finally, is um, the fact that if you see the uh, campaign so let's say you've got an advertiser who uses out of home and puts that on their social channel there is a tangible benefit from doing that for that brand versus if that brand was to uh, just do a conventional uh, brand post on instagram or tiktok uh, without the participant having seen the campaign in the um, in the physical location you know a lot of what i've described to you is about the priming effect uh, but if you take away that priming effect, if you just look at an audience who hasn't encountered the um, uh, the digital out of home screen, 
uh, and you just compare how they felt about seeing it, seeing the out of home campaign on their social feed in situ versus if they just saw a, that brand, that same brand doing a standard brand post, there is a tangible benefit uh, for that brand in terms of approach, a 21% increase in approach and a 3% increase in memory. So, so that's really exciting because that then suggests there is a much wider audience out there uh, for campaigns that go viral. And that's the raw power we have as a, as a medium. You know, we can turn... Um, uh, we can we can make social content more appealing to that audience. Uh, we can do that for a brand. We're not just giving the brand the, the good, uh, the, the great benefits of the physical location, but we are also making a social media campaign for that brand uh, more positive um, on the part of the part of the part of the audience. So uh, it's really exciting, really exciting, and lots of different layers to this study. So, like I say, the results will be fully uh, available for uh, people on our website. But also, we would always welcome the opportunity to discuss it further um, right. uh, at any given point in time. All right. Well, thank you very much for spending all this time with me. That was terrific. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 169 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of this stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 69 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 16.9, the blog and the podcast, are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house, located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia, on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.